Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Yo, it's November 17th, bro. I slept at like 10.30 last night. Woke up to all these tweets by Shams and Woj about a shit ton of trades last night. Bro, I never, <laughs> my my routine 3 a.m. Uh, piss, uh, like, you know, piss walk, you know what I mean? Like, wake up to go take a piss. <laughs> never felt more delirious, bro. I fucking, I had my phone on Do Not Disturb, right? So I turned that shit off as soon as I came back from the bathroom. It's just like a cascade of just notifications. I was like, is this fucking 2K? I know the Bucks didn't just give up that many uh, fucking first-round picks. You know what I mean? Yo. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah, basically for you listeners, you're, you're listening to us live right now, just waking up in the morning and seeing all these new tweets by Woj and Shams about whatever just happened in the NBA. And this wasn't that late last night. It was like 1130, but you guys, you and I were dead asleep in our own. <laughs> and, and I wake up to Drew Holiday – now a, a Milwaukee Buck, Bogdan Bogvan, Bogdanovich, a Milwaukee Buck. Um, Robert Covington now is a Blazer. Trevor Reeds is now a Rocket, back to being a Rocket. For like the fourth time? Good God. And <laughs> the the biggest headline of all, I mean, obviously from those is, is Drew. So first reactions, Drew Holiday is now a Milwaukee Buck. I think I think it's easy to say that, you know, the Bucks are the easy favorites of the East. Like no disrespect to the Miami Heat, they need they need to do another move or so to get back up there. But the Bucks with Giannis, Middleton, Drew, that's three All Stars right there. And now they got Bogdanovich, who's you know an above average player. That's that's a great lineup, a shooter no less. Yeah, just uh, like uh, pure basketball wise, I like the fits like of these new acquisitions, and like they basically like traded out. The supporting cast that wasn't good enough, you know what I mean, for Giannis the last two years, basically. Um, we saw Bledsoe get out of there, George Hill, and then I think in the Bogdanovich deal, that may have been George Hill. I don't know. It's I'm fucking all over the place. Okay, yeah, they gave up my man Dante DiVincenzo. I stood up for you, bro. And in Sacramento, so you see how that worked. <laughs> <laughs> now you, now you know how it feels to be any Knicks player that I like. Bad shit happens to you. <laughs> right. And it's not you know it's not just Bledsoe and George Hill who they gave up and George Hill is a really good veteran in the NBA who's who's like Solid. necessary you for mean? a successful team. They gave up three first round picks and two pick swaps for Drew Holiday. That means that shit is dire right now, in Milwaukee. They are desperate to keep Giannis as any team should be. But three first round picks and Bledsoe and George Hill for Drew might have been overkill or that's a, that's a highway robbery on on Pelican's part. I think an optimist uh like framing of that deal, especially those picks given up, would probably say that, you know, they have assurances that Giannis is probably going to stay, you know what I mean? Like they wouldn't literally mortgage their future if like Giannis who to his credit, you know what I mean? Like we we probably all think it's bullshit because we've seen it before. A star saying, like, I'm committed to being XYZ. I want to bring a championship here. And then they dip the next summer. Mm-hmm. But to his credit, Giannis has been out there publicly. And that's why it leads me to kind of believe that maybe he gave assurances to the ownership. Like, yo, you do this deal. You get me Drew. You get me actual help. I'll stay. You know what I mean? So 
I think that that's what it is. Because if not, then Milwaukee's fucked. Because if like this doesn't work this season, you know what I mean? Like they fall short, they don't make, they don't win a championship, or they don't even make the finals. I think Giannis is out of there. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Um, and I definitely don't think this is a sign that he'll sign an extension before next summer. Because just mathematically, financially, that doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. regardless, like no matter what assurances Giannis gave. If it ain't in writing, you know what I mean, and it may be grimy if he does go back on a promise, you know what I mean, he makes the ownership, that, like, it don't matter, you know what I mean? Like, we see the worst-case scenario with LeBron, like, left, and then the owner just threw a hissy fit in 2010, right? So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, like, it's it's ruthless out there. So if Giannis is just, like, promises them now, like, yo, you do these deals, I'll stay, and it doesn't work out, and he leaves, then Milwaukee's fucked. Because three first-round picks and two pick swaps for Drew Holiday— like you and I both like to. Drew's a good player. Like a great complimentary fit with Giannis, I think. But that's like that's like an Anthony Davis deal right there. That's again. that's almost exactly like an Anthony Davis deal. They I mean, got three first rounders out of him too. I mean without the, Pelican, the prospects, but like yeah. still the picks, you know what I mean? Like, god damn. Like it it can't it cannot be understated how good this Pelicans front office is, led by David Griffin, bro. They uh they switched out Drew Holiday and they got Eric Bledsoe, who was a who was a solid point guard who fits who will fit, I think, very well on on this Pelicans team. I don't think they have any need to trade him after the fact. I think Drew Holiday was a, an all star who might have I mean, he's he's known as a great teammate. He might have needed the ball more, but Bledsoe, you know, he I think he'll fit into his role very well under Zion and Ingram and Lonzo. I think he'll fit very well. And they got George Hill as uh, as a veteran piece, I think that team's gonna make the playoffs easily next season. Exactly, and like to Bledsoe's credit, like he gets a lot of shit, especially the last two years, because that's the burden of expectation. Like when you want a championship contender, it, mm-hmm. it's like you expected more. You know what I mean? Like if you come up short in the playoffs, which Bledsoe has a habit of doing, it's a big deal. But like when you're a team fighting to make the playoffs, then Bledsoe is actually like a good kind of acquisition. You know what I mean? Like it'll, he'll help you get to the playoffs, and the Pelicans don't have those championship hopes. You know what I mean? So. They're just out there trying to scrap for an eighth or seventh seed. So I think, like, with context, Bledsoe is a good fit there. If he may not have been a good fit in Milwaukee, but yeah, I think at this crazy. point, I, I I give both teams an A. I think the Bucks had to do had to do this. They had no choice. This is their best chance to win a championship with uh, a two time MVP on their team and trying to you know keep him. Drew Holiday's a free agent next season, and even despite that, they gave up three picks. They know how desperate they need to be. Exactly. And this is their best shot at winning a championship. I don't think the East is going to get any stronger um, right now. I don't see any other, you know, all-star or MVP caliber players switching over to the East. Maybe, uh, maybe Harden. Harden. I mean, maybe Harden. We maybe can I touch spoke. on that next, you know what I mean? But I yeah. did want to say the last note is, like, the fact that they didn't give up any picks in the deal for Bogdanovich, to me, I guess in their context, they could view it as just one big deal. You know what I mean? We gave yeah. up, like, DiVincenzo, Ilyasova, Justin James. I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, <laughs> DJ Wilson, George Hill, and Bledsoe. And all those picks for Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich, that mm-hmm. may seem a little lopsided, but I mean, look look closely. Like I didn't even know who Justin James was. DJ Wilson never gets any playing time. Ilya Silva is like washed. Old. Yep. Uh, Devin Chancellor was probably a nice role playing piece, but that's that's what it is. Like you're creating, you're getting an all star, you're getting like a super six man in Bogdanovich for scraps basically, and the picks are the most important thing. But if Giannis stays, and those picks are what like late twenties for each year so mm-hmm. and from the bucks ownership and front office view it's it's got to be a win but if yep. they don't you know, with the caveat obviously if Giannis don't say that's a big loss but it's gonna be right. a loss regardless so at least they I, went down fighting you know what i mean 
a lot of people give OKC credit for where they stand right now in the NBA, but I'd much rather be on the Pelicans right now with 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 guys like that. It's not you know, granted they keep them happy, but they have a playoff team or caliber team with a shit ton of picks coming up. Yeah, um, Brandon Ingram which they and Zion just like that just ends that conversation there in terms of mm-hmm. what you prefer, like OKC or Pelicans. But when we talk about those two teams, like bro, they making our like asset like treasure trove just like seem paltry. We have some broke boys. We got what seven mm-hmm. first round picks in the next <laughs> five years. We 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 in the projects compared to them, bro. Like they in the high high rise living with all them picks. So <laughs> damn, but. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Harden. We could touch on that yesterday. I mean, the the, the whispers turned into like um like just Harden grabbing a megaphone and saying like I want to I want to go to Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like yeah. apparently, like Sham just straight up came on reported that like yeah, Harden has made it known he wants out and he wants Brooklyn. And the megaphone is him not accepting an extra fifty million dollars per season. That's that's, that's major some shit. Yeah, and Texas is ta- like state income tax free. So that's 50 mil just untouched that he's just turning mm. down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, federal tax, whatever the fuck. But like still, that's like he's just like, nah, I'm that sped up. So, you know, it's crazy how quick things change in the NBA in this power, like player empowerment era. You know what I mean? Like, right. Shit. Think, so yeah, is uh, on a scale of one to ten, how likely do you see Harden on the on the Nets now? Now that he strictly demanded the Nets, and we heard at a point Philadelphia was an option. So if it's if it's just the Nets, one to ten, how likely would you give it that we're going to see him in Brooklyn this I upcoming season? I think it's season? one on a one to ten whether he goes to the Nets. I think it's like a five, just because mm. like we've seen it before. Like it could be like a star has a list of options, and there's that one team that's at the top, but he he'll necessarily not get traded to that first option because they won't have the assets. Because I think it was like I want to use a Jimmy Butler example. He had several teams on his list. Remember it was um. Miami was number one. When he, I'm talking about when he was still in Minnesota and he had his list of teams he wanted to go to. He had Miami. I think it was Philly, Brooklyn, and us. You know what I mean? And Oh, no, no. It was Miami, Brooklyn, and the Clippers, I think. And they traded him to Philly. You know what I mean? Um, because they had the best and they had the best package. So, ironically enough, I think that's the same situation here. I think Philly has a better package than Brooklyn. I think it's more likely. I think it's very likely that Harden gets dealt. But I think it's more likely he ends up in in Philly just for the fact that I think Maury's gonna like look at his look at his roster and he's gonna be like, yo, I get Harden and Embiid. Those are two like alpha like ISO scorers. Like Harden on the perimeter, obviously, especially like um, especially within the pick and roll, but just straight up ISO as a perimeter player, he's like probably untouchable right now. And then ISO on the other end of the spectrum for Embiid well, he's, when he's in the post, unstoppable in the post, you know what I mean? So that's an elite offense. I could see Maury seeing that, and he's just like, fuck it. Like, I'll give up Simmons, uh, picks, and whatever pro- whatever prospects they have to Houston, um, you know, to get uh, to get James in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's my take on it. What do you think? You think he ends up with a Brooklyn net? You think they got enough, of it, like, they got what it takes to get him? I'm trying to see actually how many picks Brooklyn has and how many picks the Sixers have from what I know I think Brooklyn has all their picks mm-hmm. and I think the Sixers might be down a pick or two but I think it's dependent on that I think if if the Brooklyn Nets are willing to give up like three or four picks future picks uh, I see you looking it up as well if they're willing to give up three or four future picks and give Dinwiddie Lavert, and all these guys who are you know they're not all stars um, mm. 
But I think it's clear now that the Rockets are a rebuilding team. I don't think they're looking to make any playoff push. Right? They just gave up Robert Covington. They they gave up their center. Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's gonna be the next. And discuss, they got yeah. <laughs> they got Trevor Ariza, who is he's a solid player, but that's that's no center. He's not going to contribute as much to the Rockets as you'd want. That's that's a guy who's probably going to get retraded again to a title contending team. That this is a team that's definitely out of the playoffs right now. Yeah, which, well, I mean, with that sucks. being, yeah, yeah. yeah good. I was just gonna say, with that being said, then like since they're definitely out the playoffs, then I think Simmons is like the crown jewel. Then you know, I mean, he's like what twenty four years old. His his extension actually hasn't kicked in. So if they trade for him, they have Simmons through the end of his extension. And I'm looking yeah. at like oh, you were looking at draft picks. Like I really recommend the real GM future draft picks. Like it's out. That's always so clutch. But what I'm looking at, Philly has all their first round picks, and they mm-hmm. have the twenty first overall pick from OKC this year. They got the 34th overall pick from Atlanta this year. Um, they have our 36 pick in the second round this year. When did that um, happen? <laughs> that, this says this trade happened in June 26, 2015. So that was a Phil yeah. special. <laughs> of course. Now, now here, here's the other thing, right? The Rockets, if we just look at any indication of the last shit, back to the 90s even, the Rockets have always been a competitive team. Even if their owner's cheap, They've always been a team that's that's at least somewhat been con- competitive. Whether it's for with sure, Yao yeah. or Tracy or after Tracy, we see hard we saw Harden for the last decade. I think that's something that they want to keep up because they do make a lot of money by selling out seats. They have a great home home court crowd. They need something to root for. So that being said, I think their best bet would be to go after Ben Simmons and get a treasure chest of of picks. Get you know Tybal along with it. Um, Tybal, and maybe, maybe Josh Richardson, you know what I mean? Because yeah. the salary's got to add up, you know what I mean? So I think that'll work. Exactly. And they, they might be able to take out, like, Tobias Harris, who is a scorer at the end of the day, someone who can get you buckets. Yeah, um, but, like, I've, I think Fertitta sees that contract, and he'll faint, and then when he when he wakes true. up again, he'll be like, we're not doing that deal. <laughs> that's true as well. So they, they I, I think I think the Sixers can offer a better package than the Nets right now. Um but yeah, I think the I think Harden getting traded is like a nine out of ten. You never know. Maybe tonight he'll blue. he'll nice. make a he'll say that he's down and he's happy in Houston. They decided they decide to keep him, um, which I think would be in, in the in the Rockets' best interest to do as well, or maybe not. Um, but moving forward a little bit more, uh, you want to talk about the Covington deal real quick? If we touched yeah, on it briefly, yeah. but I did want to say like, yo, bro, like side note. Remember, I think it was maybe a month ago. We, you, you and I were both skeptical of just the idea that Harden would get traded because I was just like, Fertitta's a broke boy. He's wanna gonna want to keep Harden, you know, to keep, get butts in the seats. You know what I mean? And then, um, and then I kind of came around to the idea just because, like, okay, it's player empowerment. But, but generally, you and I are both just like, nah, there's no way Harden's gonna be demanding a trade this off season. And then what happened? Like one weekend, both him and Russ are just like, yeah, we, we, we fed up. We out of here. So mm-hmm. it's crazy how the league works now. And great for us. Great for content. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts like, <laughs> um, but yeah, briefly the Covington deal. The the particulars for our our listeners was Covington goes to the Trailblazers for Ariza, the 16th overall pick and a future first round pick. So, yeah, you know, credit to the Rockets because I think Maury and, and gave up Capella in a first round pick for Covington. They ended up flipping Covington, whoever this new front office person is, for a first round pick. Um, and you know, future first and Trevor Ariza. I joked at the start but like this guy is probably in a is in a toxic relationship with the with the Houston Rockets bro they just keep getting back <laughs> together every every other year like 
<laughs> they can't quit each other. So yeah. I mean, I you know, I think I think that future first round pick is actually protected. I, I I see here they're not stating it, but I'm pretty sure either Woj or Shams tweeted that that it's protected. But either way, they got a first round pick out of Covington is pretty good. What do you think and about that a, deal for the Blazers, though? I mean, not to cut you off, because I know you're a Dame, you're more of a Dame Lillard fan of the two of us here. So, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Of, like, how, how do you think this this has the Blazers looking out west? No, I don't think it moves the needle too far. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, Robert Covington is a solid player, but he's what, like, oh, he's like what, thirty one right now? Yeah. How old is this guy? 31, 32. But my thing is, like, I feel like Covington is the exact player that the Blazers, ironically, have been needing for, like, the last five years. You know what I mean? Like, that small forward, power forward that could fit next to CJ and Dame and be locked down. Covington is just, like, the prototypical 3 and D wing. You know what I mean? You say he's, 3 and D, I think of Covington. So, I think he's, he's about just, to be 30. Yeah, he's about to be 30 years old. But they had Trevor Ariza doing it for a while. What they did, like what they didn't have, though. Yeah, right, but what they didn't have was him in the playoffs, which was a big deal. And they did; they were playing quite well in the playoffs, or decently well. At least in the bubble, they played well. And then when they faced the Lakers, they only got one game out of them, or maybe yeah. two. I don't remember at this point. But um, I mean, it's a it's a solid move. I don't I I don't think it just moves the needle too far. I think they need to make a splashier move while Damian Lillard is still at the age that he is. He's like twenty eight too. He's not yeah. he's not getting any younger. I think he's about to be thirty too. So he's definitely so, a year younger like than Russ. Yeah, but my thing yeah, is yeah. like. Just real, I, I think I'm just a bigger fan of Covington than you are then because I just feel like he's exactly what they've been needing. And, like, Ariza, I like Ariza too, but he's just old. You know what I mean? Like, even at his best, he wasn't the defensive menace that he was. But Covington is that and more. Like, he's as good as Ariza used to be on defense, but probably better. You know what I mean? So I think that's why I like the move so much. But, yeah, I just want to give credit to the Blazers real quick because definitely do like that pickup. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't hurt them, but I don't think it – elevates them as much as they, as it could especially with all these other teams escalating but the other thing is that with the Rockets not being as well maybe they get Ben Simmons and they are pretty good the West we need the West to be tougher because of the Mavs pick we need we need the Mavs to not make it to the playoffs let them be in the lottery and let us get their pick well I mean that's it's it's funny you mentioned the Mavs because you know before this all all this shit happened overnight and we woke up to chaos the one major deal that happened yesterday that kind of was the center stage for pretty much all day was the Chris Paul to Phoenix that became official. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say personally that hurt me deeply because I, mm-hmm. I, I swear to God, bro, I was a point guard stand and just the idea. I was just so attached to the idea that he would finally be a Nick, you know what I mean, at the age of 35. I was just so sure it was going to happen. This is what happens when you have hopes, ladies and gentlemen, like as a Knicks fan. So, I mean, don't. <laughs> like, just don't, you know what I mean? I advise against it. But, yeah, I mean, for Phoenix itself, like, you know what? I'll let you. I'll let you. You know, talk about the deal first. Get your take off. You know what I mean? What do you think, Phoenix or CP3 uh, or Phoenix? It's been less than twenty four hours. I, I maybe it's maybe it's because it's early in the morning, but I don't remember the exact deal. They they traded Rubio. They traded Kelly Oubre. Kelly uh, Oubre. Um, what the fuck what was it? Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck, who's like. He's like the a prototypical Sam Presti fucking uh, just ran. He's just a random athletic dude that could just throw down dunks and like he somehow ends up on OKC. Like <laughs> that's just like the, what yeah. their special is. So <laughs> somehow, some way. So bro. yeah. So the Suns gave Rubio, Ubre, Jerome, Jalen, and a twenty-two first-round pick, and they got Chris Paul and Abdel Nadir. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Abdel Nader. I think he's Iranian. I, so is he? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure he'll be good. Um, the, and they protected the 22, 2022 pick from 1 to 12. 
And you can't be um, out here butchering our fellow Muslims' name, bro. Come on now. <laughs> I send a deer because it, it's there's a no nah, there's a guy on community uh, named oh, uh, you, Abed Nadir. So I'm like, oh shit, this sounds really really close. It's Abdel Nadir. Um, so they protected the 2022 pick, the 2023 pick, and 2024. How many picks did they give? Who? I'm the, so confused the, now. The Suns? No, no, the Suns just gave up one pick. It was a 2022 first-round pick. And they got, yeah, Paul and Nader. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, overall, I think it's I think it's a great move for the NBA because I think that's something that we needed, a Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton kind of combination. That's going to be That's going to be so much fun to watch, I think. Chris Paul is going to make Devin Booker into an MVP candidate is what he's going to do. I think this is going to be a, a top four, top five kind of team, which is crazy to say about the Suns, especially after the kind of slander that they've been getting since since Amari and Steve Nash left. They've been a garbage team. But now that's in a decade, you know what I mean? Not to right. Interject, but yeah. they, they've reached a point now where <clears throat> we can say, yeah, they'll probably be a top four team. And I am confident to say Devin Booker's probably gonna probably gonna be averaging over thirty points a game. DeAndre might be a double double machine and Chris Paul might have an excellent season. This is a and they got Monty Williams and that's gonna be really, yeah, really nice union. to see that that man deserves as many W's as he can get his way. I he's he's such a great coach and such a great guy. Yeah, I mean I'm still stinging, you know what I mean? C B three, I thought he was he was just right there, bro. Just like I felt like it was mm-hmm. twenty ten all over again when he made that toast. He's like, yo, me, Amari and Mello oh, gonna God. be the Knicks. It was just like, <laughs> all right, ten years later the the cycle is complete. We got him and then that's not gonna happen. But just like objectively speaking, great fucking deal for Phoenix. Like you said, like Booker is just gonna be so fucking happy. Like they yo, they finally gave like um, my man a point guard, you know what I mean? Like he had Rubio mm-hmm. last year. I like Rubio, but it's just like CP3 is just different, you know what I mean? Nothing more need to be said. That's just that's the Hall of Famer. And I think we talk about Booker, but, like, you mentioned Aiden. Like, Aiden is just going to be probably the biggest beneficiary because look at all just the history of big man that CP3 just, like, made better and got paid just for, like, spoon-feeding them. Like, it's just right. David West, Tyson Chandler, fucking, uh, obviously, Blake is nice, but jo- DeAndre Jordan, Jordan, you know what I mean? Like, who the fuck do we have on fucking OKC? Like, Steven Adams, Adams. is, like, getting just uh, spoon-fed too, you know what I mean? So, like, Aiton is more skilled than all of those guys offensively, you know what I mean? Aside from Blake Clint Griffin. Capella, we can't forget about him either. Exactly. Yo, he had probably his most efficient season that year when he was with Harden and mm-hmm. CP3. So, it's like Aiton's just going to eat and he's going to cook. But I want to kind of hold off on saying they're going to be guaranteed top five in the West just until I see who they add in free agency. Because if they get a stretch four, like, if, if like, CP3 convinces Gallo to come to Phoenix, like, yo, we was nice together in OKC for that one season – now we got Devin Booker come through, you know what I mean? And, like, Gallo said he wants to go to a winning situation. I think that's a winning situation, you know what I mean? Like, not technically speaking, they were out the playoffs, but they went 8-0 in the bubble. They just got mm-hmm. CP3. And um, one point I saw made yesterday that's kind of circulated and just was something that's been said about Phoenix a lot. Their medical staff, I think with David Griffin, when he went to the Pelicans, he took a lot of the members of the Phoenix medical staff. But the Phoenix medical staff was, like, I think generally was still famously known as, like, they get older players, or they get injury prone players. They get there and they're just suddenly healthy and shit. I remember the famous story was Grant Hill. You know what I mean? His his prime yeah. was destroyed. You know what I mean? But he gets to Phoenix and he just had like an eight year run as a great role player, no injuries, and he was just healthy. You know what I mean? So Chris Paul apparently he went vegan last last summer. 
you know, go to Phoenix, <laughs> that nice, uh, that that nice dry heat, his pore is going to be opening, you know what I mean? He just feel like a new man, you know what I mean? So, like, Gallo's going to see that. He's like, hey, man, I want a new tan. Like, let me go over there, you know what I mean? And then, so that's a beautiful, like, I told you yesterday, like, yo, that starting five, CP3, Booker, Bridges, Gallo, Aiton, Son, that's sexy. And then off the bench, you got Cam Johnson, who a lot of people didn't, like, a lot of casual probably listeners probably don't know who that is. But last year, he was the best shooter in the draft, and Phoenix took him, right? He's like a small forward, power forward combo. So he's just going to get easy looks, you know what I mean? And then, fuck, who else did, am I I tripping or the Phoenix had, like, another wing? Or am I thinking of Kelly Oubre and he's out of there, right? You're thinking of Oubre. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, still, I mean, regardless, um, the rumor is Phoenix still has their top 10 pick right they mm-hmm. get somebody like aaron neesmith who's the best shooter in the draft like yo you don't need nothing else right now you got your big three with Aiton, booker cp3 you just get shooters and that's what seems like what they're doing and credit to james jones i think he was three years ago he was a bench warmer on whatever lebron heat? team yeah yeah yep. <laughs> like and man won now, like five championships on like now five he's minutes just game. like all right man like let me know like, it'd be what a, a fucking come shit. up <laughs> yo what i'm thinking is like let it be known Watch it come out that James Jones is, like, probably the smartest basketball mind ever, and that's why LeBron <laughs> wanted him on every team. You know what I mean? Now he's about to have, like, the greatest run as a GM ever. He just, like, his entire NBA career is just like, all right, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just waiting, biding my time. Y'all ain't ready. <laughs> <laughs> and now, like, yo, credit to him. You know what I mean? Because I think what was crazy is last year I saw a lot of reports, and I remember I think it was the Zach Lowe podcast saying since James Jones is in there now, he doesn't give a fuck about draft picks or, like, young players. He's like, yo, we've been doing this for a decade. We're ass. Like, let's just start winning now. We got Devin Booker. Like, we know what it is. And James Jones, he's, like I said, he's part of LeBron's posse. So he sees what player empowerment does. If you don't make a star player happy, they're going to want the fuck out. So James Jones realized that, came in, got a solid coach, made the veteran moves, you know what I mean? Um. Oh, Dario Saric. That's the big man I forgot. They got him too. They Phoenix. still got him? Yeah. I, I mean, oh. I think he's a free agent this year, but if they I bring him back. I could have sworn this man went back to Europe. For real? Let me, let me check. I, I could be totally wrong. I'm thinking about another guy. Um, but yeah, my, my larger point was like, yeah, James Jones came in. He was like, yeah, we're not doing this like tanking shit no more. Just hoping for the best. We got a young star in Booker and let's, you know, fast forward a year now and he built him a nice like what should be a playoff team, all things considered, and you know, uh, health wise, you know. So, major props to James Jones there because uh, that's the move that uh, you know, you and I wanted for the Knicks. And, bruh, I mean, yeah, we have the Knicks podcast. We got to go quickly back. To, we got to pivot to the Knicks right now. If you, if there's no other headline, the but big ass, the big ass elephant in the room that's that's been there for a couple of days now, yo, and it's still not, lingering. It's it feels like. The bad I don't want to speak it into reality. It, it feels yeah. like the bad kind of goosebumps, bro. It feels like the mem- momentum was actually shifting to where, like, Mr. Westbrook is going to be a Nick, bro. And now I'm at the point where I'm just like, yesterday I was like, shit. Like, it's like, you know, like, what's the word? Like, they say in psychology, bargaining. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just bargaining with it. Yesterday I was like, yo, just only a salary dump is what I take for Westbrook. Now I'm just like, fuck it, Randall and Dennis Smith. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, if you do that for Westbrook... It will be like when you're a kid and your your parents make you take that badass like teaspoon of fucking Robitussin. It tastes nasty, but I'll swallow it. Fuck it. I'll take I'll take Westbrook for that. Pause. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, maybe a second round pick, but no first. Like if we giving up a first round pick, then I'm gonna hate the deal. But like I was listening to um Macri's pod yesterday with Cohen, and he had a pretty like lively back and forth. And Macri, 
I, I give him credit. He's a lawyer. He's good with the words. You know what I mean? So he just had me kind of thinking like, yeah, I mean, our options look limited because we keep talking all the time. No free agents coming here. Uh, Westbrook's going to come in. He'll, ha- he'll, he'll be that culture changer. It's just that contract is terrible. The seven knee surgeries, the fucking reliance on athleticism and him being 32. It's just. I'm just at the point where I'm like, I'll be okay with it if we don't give up any first-round picks because it feels like it's going to happen. But I'm going to get off my soapbox now. <laughs> uh, how many – his thing is three seasons, so I guess player, he doesn't player impede. Player option. <laughs> a, three seasons and a player option? Yeah, it's Westbrook. Fuck. That's, that's a concern like because at that point – you know, we got we got young guys who we want to re- who we might want to re-sign to bigger contracts. Are we going to be able to pay them accordingly? Is Westbrook going to take the ball away from from RJ's hands and RJ won't be able to develop as a player? Like that's that's the shit that I don't want to deal with. I don't want to deal with like another variation of Randall, but at point guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. No but... disrespect to Russell Westbrook. He's been one of the best. You know, he's been a top five player for for a while now, uh, apart from this past season, but. You know, that's – I would say just wait a minute and then go for the next player up. Like, this is – in this in the last three days, we saw Harden request a trade. We saw we saw Chris Paul leave his team. We saw, you know, Russell Westbrook asking for a trade. We didn't, we didn't expect either of those guys from Houston to ask for a trade. Um, we've seen a lot of solid players in just 48 hours be shifted to another team. This stuff it happens regularly. Drew Holiday, too. Yeah. I mean, I told next, you yesterday. Next man up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like – I was Forget you Russ. Like, if we're at this point for Russ, like, fuck it. Let's just fucking press the nuke button and just give it all for Harden. You know what I mean? Like, not to interject, but like, yeah, like you mentioned, Harden's out there. So if we're going to even, if we're haggling over Westbrook, why not just fucking do what we can, open up our treasure chest of assets and just go get an MVP caliber guy like Harden. You know what I mean? I'd rather get Harden. Yeah. He can shoot. We need a shooter. That's, that's what a guy who can shoot and who can pass. That's the only thing that the Knicks need right now. And Westbrook can't do either of those at, at, an efficient level, you know. Yeah. People will point to him getting seven assists this past season and getting triple double in past seasons. His assists don't like they're not they're not team winning assists. They're just his own last second assists as he drives into drives into the basket, and that's not that's not a level of play style that's going to be, you know, that's going to age well for the next three years as Westbrook gets older and older. Seven knee surgeries is a lot of knee exactly. surgeries, bro. And yeah. he's coming off of COVID. And you mentioned in the last episode too, the COVID thing. COVID we, scary, that's going to be bro. a pre. That's a pre-existing. That's going to be a pre-existing condition. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Why? Why play that risk to get, you know, five more wins when we can just develop our players with all these developmental coaches that we got and get those five wins in that way versus a cheap way, which is getting Westbrook. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, f- first of all, I want to mention the Berman article you and I both kind of discussed yesterday offline. But, yeah, that article, um, there was a lot of good nuggets in there. But generally, Berman was making it seem like just um, knowing that West is in the front office, if they even do pursue Westbrook and acquire him, that's with the knowledge that knowing that Worldwide West is in the front office, he knows that we're not – like, it's going to be a slim chance of us, of us getting a difference maker in 2021 free agency. So to them, like the front office or how Berman tried to frame it is like this is just like uh, a preemptive like plan coming into fruition. Like if they're making a move for Westbrook and they get Westbrook, it's because they know the next summer we're not going to get anybody. And it's just like um, going off that, I want to piggyback off whatever our man Sim said on a live stream yesterday. I managed to tune in to a restream of it. But he said like 
Yeah, Westbrook can't shoot, but think about it in the way that, like, if we give up a package of Randall and Dennis Smith, and let's say, I don't know, let, let's just say those are the two main component, components, you know what I mean? Let's say we keep Knox, let's say Frank is out of the deal, but if we're giving up Randall and Dennis Smith, they both have broke jumpers, and, you know, they're pretty much like impediments to our young development, right? But And we switch those guys out for Russ, yeah, Russ can't shoot, but those other guys can shoot, but Russ can do a lot more for you, you know what I mean? And I was just begrudgingly, I was watching, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it really uh, does make sense. Does it, does it, though? Because Randall couldn't shoot this past season, but he did have a near 40% shot just two years ago. That's Dennis true, Smith Jr. Like, has, not, has not been coached correctly yet under the Knicks tutelage. He's he's only had Fizdale and, for a little bit, Mike Miller. But I'd rather see these guys get properly coached before we write them off. I think I – think, I don't think Russell Westbrook, you know, at age 34, 35, is going to be that much more talented than Julius Randle at 26, 27. That, that's, that's not true. to up Julius Randle, but that's more along the lines of where I, Russell Westbrook's game I is do, heading I, towards. I do think it's safe to say the next two years, Russ will be a better player than Randle. And I'm not, the, I'm not even a Russ fan at all. Like, I've probably never been. But the thing about Randle is, like, 40% or whatever it was, like, two years ago. Like, I think I touched on it briefly, but, like, those were, like, wide-open spot-up attempts. And it, you look at the volume of the attempts, it was taking, like, what? one or two threes a game like it wasn't that many you know what i mean so i think that's the difference like randall's a creator with the or no, no westbrook's a creator with a broke jump shot but he'll get you his rebounds he'll by all by hell or high water he'll get you his 10 assists even if they're not the smartest reads um but with randall it's like he'll he'll have the broke jumper but he's not a creator you know what i mean like, he won't literally make uh rj better i think with westbrook yeah, it'll it'll be an obstacle like his uh, his lack of a jumper, and affecting the spacing of RJ. But oh, we man. know Westbrook can get RJ the ball. <laughs> we know he'll run. You know what I mean? So our young kids like Knox, RJ, whatever rookie we get, they'll get those fast break points. You know what I mean? He'll get the he'll be an engine. You know what I mean? And I see it from that point of view for what Macri and Sim was saying. And Macri's larger point to circle back to him that kind of resonated a little bit. And I don't know if it was just because like. You know, when you hear something over and over again, it just that's, gets in your head. Like that's Mac what I'm was, laughing at. Because what we're seeing, what we're seeing live, we're seeing live right now is a man who is a Knicks fan. I'm literally bargaining, bro. Is is convincing himself that this move no. that seems inevitable is going to be okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying I'm seeing the logic. Like, I, like I kind of give him Mac. Like Macri's not for the Russ move at all. He's not. Frost fan at all, but his point of view, and I, I get it, and I'm kind of on that same side. Is like we're seeing the logic of why they would make this move. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, um, you and I, we we started off our whole like return to podcasting talking about just like how much we love the connections. Leon and Westcott, they they know they know everything. Like they got their ear to the ground in the NBA, so they know what's what's fucking hump, like coming. You know what I mean? They're like five steps ahead of what the rumor mill is. You know what I mean? So if they if they make this move, they're actually like entertaining Westbrook and they're about to go get Westbrook. We got to both admit then like okay, these guys, they know what's up. Like they know it's slim chances for us to get a difference maker outside of Westbrook and they're they're probably thinking like if we get Westbrook in, we go we try to be competitive this year and being in a competitive atmosphere will be both good for the development of the young players and you know, we'll probably maybe draw another good player. But it's like the old saying, when you have a bird in hand, it's worth two in the bush. You know what I mean? So even if that bird is like, uh, you know, vomits bricks like Westbrook does, like it's it's still a bird in hand. So 
I don't know. Like you, like you, you just made a good point. I'm bargaining with it in real time. So <laughs> now my my thing is that 2021 is supposed to be such a monster free agent class that at this point there's never any guarantee. I think I think it's you know I understand what, the point that you're trying to make that you know Wes and Leon are some of the most connected people in the NBA, which is true. But I don't think there's any way, no way that they can tell what's going to happen in a year from now uh, and the way players will view the Knicks. The the point is the players will have to view the Knicks on a higher pedestal that they do that they do right now and even right now players always connect themselves to the Knicks there we're always connected to any free agent it seems but on a team that plays fairly well on a well-functioned organization there's no there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to get a lot more interest in the next season or two you know maybe not yeah, from Giannis but- which is okay we don't have to have Giannis on our team we don't have to gain that interest I think it's fair for us to not have to expect Giannis to be interested in joining the Knicks but I think you know second or third tier level players who are young wanting to join the Knicks and playing on that big market that we still do have. I think that's important. And I don't think for sure. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I really don't think that Wes and Leon can predict what the NBA players are going to think in a year from now. We barely yeah. know what they're thinking right now. Maybe it's not a prediction, but it's like Intel. You know what I mean? It's like, it's knowledge knowing that like, okay, like, yeah, those future moves might not be uh, official solidified, but we're getting the, appearance that like it's going to be slim picking for us next uh um, next summer and I'm, I'm just speaking from hypothetically from leon and west's point of view because otherwise it wouldn't make sense right like why would they get westbrook if like they knew okay we had a chance at these other guys you know what i mean and um just i don't know bro it's just i'm definitely not for the move at all you know what i mean but mm-hmm. when you talk about like we we build a culture and attracting a star Maybe that's what Leon and West see. They're like, we get Russ in, we actually become a winning kind of situation. Because I go back to what you and I have been saying, or what I've been saying, is just like, Brooklyn ain't a great destination, but all they did was they had that fake competitive season when they won like 42 games, and that drew enough attention and positive vibes for them to actually have an influence getting into a room with free agents. You know what I mean? All it takes is like one season of progress, and maybe this is Leon and West being like, all right, well, this has got tickets to that one season in progress. Because another example is obviously the Clippers. You know what I mean? Like, they had that scrappy season with Doc. And then Kawhi liked that destination. He was like, all right, go get me a star. And boom, we saw what happened. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm still praying it's not happening. But We're it's different if it's page. Westbrook, who is an alpha kind of player. And if, if, a, if a player wants to come to New York, they're trying to be the alpha. You know what I mean? They're trying to be an alpha. Not everybody wants to be Russell Westbrook's beta. Maybe that's the thing, ironically enough, because all you hear is just like, what would KD, what was KD saying? Like, I didn't want to come and be the one to save New York. And I, I'm pretty sure we've seen it from other reporters, too. A lot of players don't want that burden of being the first guy to go to New York. It's similar to what we were hearing about L.A., too. Remember when they kept getting shunned by all these stars? A lot of guys didn't want to be the first guy to go there uh, uh, with Kobe or post uh, or with Wash Kobe and then post Kobe until LeBron. You know what I mean? So all it takes is that one guy to open the door. And maybe Leon O.S.C. Russ is that one guy. If, if we, I know we got to wrap it up, but I, we could just leave it on that note. Just kind of depressing that, yeah, the elephant in the room might actually be residing in MSG soon. Okay. <laughs> we got to trade for Russ. Don't ever say that. <laughs> we got to trade for Russ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So we'll wrap up this quick Nickish cup of coffee edition of the show. Please make sure to in, tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow is the NBA draft. We will be actually on nothing but Knicks Network live YouTube show tomorrow evening, 7 p.m., going over the lottery and the entire draft. 
the Knicks have a couple of picks that are, and it's going to be interesting to see what direction they head towards. There's going to be a lot of trades going on tomorrow night as well, a lot of activity in the NBA this week. Hopefully. So make sure you tune in for that. Otherwise, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick is Show and subscribe on all, on all podcasting platforms. And, yeah, check us out on Sportscaster, and we'll, you'll hear from us tomorrow. Take care. Have a great day on this November 17th. Uh, peace out. Peace.